Welcome to the Dialogue by Wirepoints, connecting the dots between our economy, government, and people. And now your hosts, Ted Dabrowski and Mark Glennon. All right, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, this is our second podcast here at Wirepoints. Uh, my name is Ted Dabrowski. I'm the president of Wirepoints, and I'm here with Mark Glennon, who's our founder and executive editor. And uh, you know, today what we wanted to do is kind of hit probably the best measure of, of how tough things are in Illinois. And it's the fact that the state is shrinking. Uh, Illinois is, is losing more people to other states and virtually every other state in the country, except for maybe New York. Uh, we've sh- we're one of just three states to shrink in the country in the last decade. And uh, I guess it's probably the clearest symptom of the dysfunction we have in Illinois. So that's why we want to tackle it first, because uh, you know, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on in Illinois. Uh, if you understand and admit and acknowledge the fact that we're losing so many people, then we need to address our policies because uh, as, um, as, um, as we'll talk about, you can't have a functioning state if you're shrinking. And uh, look, what we need to acknowledge, first of all, is that we have a great state. There's no doubt that uh, this is one of the, the, the greatest states. It's sitting right in the middle of the country. It's got this great infrastructure hub. It's got these great universities. Uh, the talent pool is really good. Uh, we got the tech sector. We got the farmland. We got the lake. Uh, you know, most states would, would die to have what we have as a starting point for for uh, having a state where you can build uh, prosperity for, for the people that live there and the businesses that live there. But, um, you know, we would argue that our politicians and our political class have totally forgotten that people can choose where they live. And if they're not happy with, with their prospects, with what, what they can get out of a state and you know, build their lives, they'll leave. And I think our politicians have also forgotten how to compete. Other states are competing with us for people and for talent and business. Um, and what's fascinating about all this is that we'll talk to people, Mark, that that say ah, population gains, losses, it doesn't really matter. Well, let, let's address that first step, because that's not a, a crazy position, in my opinion. I mean, it's depends on what your values are, but I can understand why Many people, if they don't follow these things closely, would say, oh, come on, look, we, we got enough people. There's enough wealth here. Who cares if the economy doesn't grow quite as fast or if the population dwindles a little bit? Uh, and, you know, at the national level, quite a few people on the left have made that case expressly that we worry too much about GDP growth and not as much as we should about the environment and other issues of equality and such. Whether you like that or not, for better or worse, the fact is that our system is built on growth. You cannot make the numbers work for our budget and for many aspects of our society unless you're getting economic growth. And you can start with the pensions, which are the largest part of our fiscal problem. They're premised on growth, built into all their assumptions are increasing numbers of people coming into the system and other economic assumptions. Uh, Social Security, of course, is is premised on, on growth for the country as a whole. The fact is that we have an economy that's basically like an airplane. Either you're moving forward and there's air flowing over the wings or the thing is going to drop. And, you know, most devastating if you get people like Warren Buffett, you know, probably the most famous investor in the world, he said, no way he put a new investment, a factory or something in Illinois because 
because of our problems. You know, he said they're they're coming for your money. They're going to ultimately tax anybody who's there. Well, if you get people like him not investing here, not coming here, our kids and people we love are going to end up going someplace else for those jobs. And we get into a downward spiral. So I would hope everybody should recognize that this is an important topic we're talking about. Yeah, and I, I think maybe this is a good transition as to why people leave. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that, you know, people who are upset with Illinois, they, they, they go straight to blaming taxes. And, you know, taxes, I think that's too simplistic of an argument. There's a lot of people who will pay high taxes if they're getting good services. You know, if they're getting a lot of value for the money they pay, then they'll, they'll, they'll stick around. But I think what's happening in Illinois is that, you know, taxes are high, but, but the services aren't good. And there's a lot of other problems as well. So we need, need to peel, peel back the onion. And, you know, I, I, I like to say it this way, and I've said it, you know, many times, it's, uh, it's too expensive to live here. There are not enough good jobs and our governments are too corrupt. And when you wrap, that kind of captures the whole thing. But, you know, you look at it, we do have the highest property taxes in the nation. We, we battle New Jersey. We go back and forth between number one and number two for that. Um, our overall tax burden is is in the top 10 in the country when you add up all the state and local taxes. And so it is expensive, but then, you know, you throw throw things like uh, if you're a Chicago resident, you, sh you throw in the crime, you throw in the bad and schools and stuff like that. It's, it's you know, it adds up. Ted, you know, the best illustration to your point about people being okay with higher taxes if they're getting value is is our neighbor in Wisconsin. They're right up there at the top, ranked third or fourth or fifth on total tax burden. You don't hear a lot of complaining there, however, and businesses are quite happy to be there. Why? Because they trust the government. It's, their money's being honestly spent. It's stable. Teachers know they're going to get their pensions, even if they're a bit smaller than what you get in Illinois. So this isn't just an anti-tax story. It's, it's much more than that, as you're saying. Yeah. So as I was saying, you know, you add in the crime, you add in the quality of the schools, the Chicago public schools, and there's there's enough reason for there to be lots of problems. You know, we we know that um, from the 2000 to 2010 census, almost 200,000 blacks, African-Americans left. Uh, I always forget if it's Chicago or Cook County, but it's, you know, it's 200,000 people. And, you know, they were going to Houston, to Dallas, to, to Atlanta. So, uh, you know, it's it's lots of people leaving. Then, of course, you can add to that the jobs, you know, we used to have a huge number of manufacturing jobs here in, in Illinois. And, you know, we've, we've looked at the data, not just in Illinois, but across the country. And um, of course, many of those jobs went to China or Mexico and things like that. But a lot of states recovered their, their, their manufacturing jobs. We didn't. And so uh, you've, you've got a, a problem of not enough good paying jobs. And, you know, I'll, I always like to throw in there, our governments are too corrupt We've got the most units of government in the country, nearly 7,000 units, far more than, than uh, you know, than, than the states uh, around us. And certainly, you know, on a per capita basis, far more than the big states. So uh, we've got too many chances for, cor for corruption. And, and, you know, when you feel like you're, you're, you're getting hit on paying a lot and your governments are corrupt and you're not getting the service as well, that's a good reason to leave. And, you know, it's also, Mark, you know, you and I were talking, it's also a good reason not to come to Illinois. This is not only about people leaving. It's, you know, if you give too many excuses for people not to come in, and we've seen that the, the numbers have been horrific on people not coming into the country, into the state. Yeah, let, let's talk about that a little bit, because 
some people are spinning these numbers, uh, Ted, the, it turned out that for the decade as a whole, as shown in the recent census, the total shrinkage here was 18,000 people, which doesn't sound like a lot. And it was not consistent with earlier estimates. Every year, the Census Bureau comes out with population estimates. And if you added them all up for the last 10 years, it would have been a far more severe loss. But you got to look beyond the top line. First of all, we're one of only two states that shrank. And so even a flat picture would be hard on there, hard on us, very hard on us for the reasons we explained earlier. But also you got to get into those components. So it's made up of people leaving, people coming in, international migration, and births and deaths. So why don't we walk through that a little bit, Ted, because it's you emphasize the one that is the alarm bell, really, which is the number of people leaving. Um, and, you know, we'll never know how many people and how many companies, how many employers might have moved here, but for our problems. Yeah, let, let me, let me, let me break those numbers down. Before I do, I just want to share one thing that um, not to forget, because as people love to blame the weather. As, as one of the key reasons for, for leaving. And for sure, people, there's a lot of people who will leave because it's cold here, right? And uh, certainly if you're a retiree, you may want to leave. But, uh, you know, what we saw just in the gross numbers, Mark, you mentioned that we lost 18,000 people. Well, all of our neighbors grew in the last decade. Indiana grew by 300,000 people. So, uh, you know, Wisconsin by 200,000 people. So we're talking about cold weather states. Uh, they grew, Michigan grew by 200,000 people. So they were able to bring in people where, where we weren't. And so that's an, an important point. So, you know, what do we look at when we when we talk about population losses? You know, there's there's like you said, three factors to, to, to that growth. And that's, you know, you've got births um, and you, it's basically they call it, the, you know, the, the I'm forgetting the term now, the normal increase. But you got your births minus deaths. And, um, you know, we've always been pretty good at births in, in the country and we've collapsed in the last 20 years. So our, our, our births are down a lot, uh, and maybe that's because younger people are leaving. That's our speculation. Our international immigration has collapsed in half in the last decade. So we're losing out on people coming in. And then the people moving between states, um, you know, we've lost. We've, we've, we've basically lost enough people moving to other states to wipe out any benefit of, of the births and the, um, and the international immigration. We wiped it out, which is why we shrunk. That it's important to interject here too i imagine that some people would say well this is why we need to be very welcoming to even undocumented immigrants but the census numbers do reflect and did count undocumented workers and there was a very aggressive push to get them counted they were required by law to be counted as you may Remember, there was a controversy about whether to include them and litigation with the Trump administration, but they were counted. So that is re reflected. Their inclusion is in that that uh, net loss of population that we had. Yeah. And, and some people think that the 18,000 loss in population we had over the last decade is really uh, it, it was really much bigger than that. Uh, Governor Pritzker's administration spent nearly 50 million dollars to really push this 2020 census. Uh, in a way that maybe maybe stops it from being an apples to apples comparison with 2010, where there wasn't such a big push. So, so perhaps the 18,000 loss you know, maybe maybe would have been bigger. But uh, of course, we'll never know. But that's I think uh, a question mark hanging out there. 
What do you see, Ted, right now for trends in Chicago uh, in particular? We know that African-Americans have been the largest group leaving, but all groups are leaving. It's important not to get uh, lose track of the breadth of this. And we can see that in the IRS numbers too, which you've done a lot of work with. Yeah, so, so it's interesting. So we have the census data, which is where they go out and actually survey people, right? They go door to door and, and do as many surveys as they can to figure things out. And so, you know, some people criticize it as not being perfect. And, you know, it's a survey. So you get the results that you get. We have another interesting set of facts. And I, I, I prefer these only because they're very factual. And the uh, Internal Revenue Service, they actually, you know, what's interesting about every time we file a tax return is we say where we live and how many, how many kids are, you know, how many people are in our family and how much money we make. So the IRS knows exactly where you are each year and they can track who's moving from one state to the other by a change in address. They can, they can see which states are gaining income and which states are losing income because they see who's moving from where to where. And so their data is very concrete. And, uh, you know, I never knew this about, about the IRS and how they might track us until I started tracking this stuff. It's really scary on the one, one hand, but uh, interesting on the other. But, but what it does do, it gives you very concrete data and you can actually count the number of people who have moved one way or the other, how much money they make and, and which states are winning and losing. And, uh, you know, what's fascinating there, it's no surprise, Illinois is the big loser all the time for, for several decades now, um, you know, just competing really with New York for, for its losses of people and income. So they, every year they release anonymized data, um, aggregating it. So you can go into it's a little, little uh, tough to do. We, we've done that and put it in graph form and tried to simplify it and add it all up over, let's say, since the year 2000. How much income, Ted, have we lost? You've got that exact number, I think, that you. Yeah, we got we got it. Um, so, you know. Like you say, every year when we lose those people, they take their incomes with them. And so we have people coming into Illinois, people leaving Illinois, and we, we calculate the net. And each year we're losing about 75,000 people a year on average. And uh, you know we're losing some two to three to four to six billion dollars of, of taxable income that they take with them on a net basis. So when you accumulate all these losses year after year after year after year over the last 20 years, it's now 468 billion billion dollars that could have been taxed had we just stayed even had we just kept our people here on a net you know net zero uh, change in population or or in in uh, migration and you know we're talking about billions of dollars more in in taxable uh, funds that the state could have had to fund education or to to keep our taxes down how about that uh, you know to, to make our roads better and that's the sum of the adjusted gross income as shown on people's tax returns that uh, they reported from another state after they left here. Uh, that's a huge number. And keep in mind that when those people leave, what else are they taking with them? They're, they're spending their business, their, uh, their, you know, their, their, their contributions to schools and churches and whatever else. Uh, the impact of that is really quite staggering when you think about that number and the secondary effects that it's had. Yeah, let, me, let me share a story. I've got a friend who um, left Illinois I guess it's probably been three years now. Yeah, he was waiting for his kids to get old enough. He's still a young guy, but he's waiting for his kids to get out of, out of uh, high school. And um, he uh, lived in the North Shore. 
he had a house that's probably close close to you know it's you know he, he's done well for himself a financial advisor and it had a ho- house in the you know one point something million close to two million dollars and you know he lost his faith in Illinois uh, years ago and he he said he didn't trust the government he saw his property ta- his property taxes were almost thirty thousand dollars a year and he just found that crazy and he started to look around and he he uh, got enticed by by the Colorado area somewhere somewhere out in the Denver area. And uh, he ended up buying a property about the same, maybe a little bit less, but about the same value, six acres on the side of a mountain, you know, beautiful pictures that I saw. And uh, and his, his property taxes were like $3,500. Basically, he, he said he did the math. He said, look, I can continue to pay 30000 here in Illinois, and it's only going to go up based on the pension problems and other problems we have here. Or I can move to that area and save about $27,000 a year. He said, if I take that money and invest it for the next 20 years at 6% on average, it turned out to be a million dollars. And that's the calculation he did. He said, look, why would I spend, why would I give a a million dollars in a government where I don't trust them and I know the taxes are only going up? And uh, he left. He left and Uh he left and his money's gone. His talent is gone. His family's gone. And those folks do that calculation, Ted, when you break go through those numbers, the IRS numbers that, that we've seen, it's all income groups that are leaving. So on the, on the surface, it looks like, well, these are mostly poor middle class people leaving, but there are wealthy people in there and they do take a hugely disproportionate amount of wealth away with them. And you're right, they do the calculation. I used to work in venture capital and worked with some of the people who had done extremely well in life and were very wealthy. And I've had conversations with them where they say, look, I can stay here and uh, pay income taxes to the state government and all the other taxes here, or I can go to Florida and have tens of millions of dollars more to contribute to the philanthropic work that I want to do with the rest of my life. And most of the ultra wealthy people do become pretty philanthropic later in life. You know, that becomes a pretty easy decision when you don't trust the government. Uh, and that's the situation we have here. We've mentioned a couple wealthy people here, but I think it's it's the same calculation. It may not be that, you know, spreadsheet oriented, but it's it's a, it's the uh, estimations that people do, even if they're, you know, have lesser incomes. And, uh, you know, I, I went, I was in Atlanta and I wrote about this story. Uh, I, I was in Atlanta for a funeral and I went to get a haircut to look presentable. And uh, the lady that cut my hair was was a woman from Illinois, from Collinsville. And I said, "Oh, what are you what are you doing down here?" And she said, "You know, I had a, a, a you know a, a, a beauty shop in in Collinsville, and I wasn't it, the, the the situation the the economic situation was dire. Nothing was going on, and I kept coming down to Atlanta, and it was vibrant, and, and there's a lot of entrepreneurs, and I was welcome. She's an African American lady, and she says I was welcome here. They wanted our, my business here, so she said I picked up and moved." And she was thriving down there. And she said that she didn't miss Illinois because it just wasn't welcoming for entrepreneurs and for, for growing a business. Yeah, that's right. And there are voices on the left that I wish would be heard more. Ted, we've written about this too. Those who think that for poor people in the worst neighborhoods, moving is exactly what they should do. It's rational and it's not a harsh thing to do. So there's a program in the state of Washington where they actually encouraged people to move out of the bad neighborhoods when it came to, came to providing them with housing assistance and such. Uh, Axios, had a, which is a left-leaning publication, had a, 
a long story on this. So encouraging people to move, to get away from the crime, the taxes, go to places where there's more opportunity is entirely rational. And that's what many people are doing at the low end of the income uh, scale. Lori Lightfoot, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, however, is going to save us, though, isn't she? She's uh, run an ad in Texas explaining to Texas businesses why they'd be smart to move to Illinois. What do you think about that, Ted? Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those where, um, well, I, you know, so I'll question whether she's virtue, virtue signaling or whether she's serious. Uh, she's trying to get Texas companies and people to, to move to Chicago. And, uh, you know, if you look at the data, in the last decade, Texas was the biggest grower of population uh, from 2010 to 2020. Texas grew by 4 million people, right? We compare that to Illinois shrinking by 18,000. This is a, it's a night and day. And people are moving there because that's where they're finding opportunity, jobs, investment. Uh, it's hot. And I think you were down there. You said you saw all those cranes in, um, I think it was the Dallas area. Um, it's It's ludicrous to think that she's pitching a lot of these you know, equity-based policies and things like that is, is things that are going to attract people here. But, you know, people people need to be able to find their economic future there. They, they, they need to take care of their families. And, you know, Chicago isn't doing that. It, you know, it's, it's actually doing the exact opposite. And we haven't talked about that now. But the last year and a half and the destruction um, policy-wise and, of course, you know, the, the, the riots and the crime and all that and the the schools, it's, it's hard to figure out where Chicago goes from here. But uh, that, that's probably a whole story in and of itself. Yeah, Ted, Ed, I used to live in Texas, and that was 25 years ago, but it's really unrecognizable when you go back there now because there is so much construction. I was in both Dallas and Austin, and there parts of the cities are, are totally transformed, and I, I do stay in contact with quite a few people down there. They find it just laughable that Chicago thinks it's going to be attracting uh, Texas companies to move there. Texas has problems, by the way. And there could be companies moving out of Texas because of those problems. They're not going to come to Illinois, I can assure you. They're going to look for the things that took them to Texas in the first place, uh, which was a you know, very business-friendly, dynamic uh, environment that you just don't see in many places. Yeah, I, I think, Mark, I think, you know, just, just to wrap up, you know, Illinois can't succeed as long as it has a lot of these failed policies. And I think it you know, behooves everybody on, on both sides of the aisle to think about to think about this differently. And, you know, um, I wasn't a big fan of the people who ran for mayor last time around, but, but Bill Daly said something that I think was one of the most attractive things I've heard somebody say as to how to approach Chicago and of course, Illinois. He said he wanted to think about how do we grow Chicago's population by 300,000? That was kind of the objective. And that was interesting because it's a totally different kind of thinking. You know, we need to think about policies that we should think about how policies are these policies going to keep people in Illinois or are they going to chase people away? Are they going to keep people in Chicago or chase them away? And, you know, he was suggesting that we need to think about policies that bring people here. Um, I think we've forgotten about that competition that, uh, as I mentioned, that uh, that we need to think about states versus states. Uh, we're losing that competition. And uh, this is a great state. And, uh, you know, at Wirepoints, this is why we do the work we do. We don't point out these problems because uh, we like to. We point out these problems because they're a symptom of a lot of bad policies. And uh, we'd love to see this state be one of the booming states in the country. It's got all the assets. It's got all the, the attributes it needs. And uh, 
you know, there's no reason why we're not a top five, top 10 growth state in this country. And I think fixing it, Ted, takes us back to the, I think those first two points that we made. A lot of people just don't see this as an issue that we're shrinking. And a lot of people have been dismissing the seriousness of the numbers. Oh, 18,000 people over a decade, that's no big deal. Big mistake. If you haven't even recognized the problem, uh, there's going to be no correction for it. And that's the first hurdle we have to overcome. That's, I think you've nailed it right there. If you don't understand the, if you can't diagnose the problem right, you'll never fix it. So uh, with that, thank you very much. Thanks for joining Wirepoints on our second podcast. And uh, we look forward to, to sharing more of our thoughts with you in the future.